Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Shock. News Talk 830 WCCO. Yes, indeed. Good morning. And I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney this morning. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Danny. Great to talk to you this morning. And you as well, as usual. And uh, as usual, folks are uh, getting up uh, early. Of course, gardeners do that, don't they? Gardeners do that. That's why having smart uh, smart garden early in the morning is good, because if it was in the middle of the day, all the gardeners would be in the garden already. (laughs) That's right. Well, maybe with earbuds on or something like that. Maybe with earbuds on. Yeah. I forget about that. I'm such a Luddite sometimes. <laughs> if if you uh, have any kind of a lawn or garden question, and as I said, we're already getting them, uh, call it into Teresa or you can just send a text. It's the same number, 651-989-9226. Well, what have you been doing uh, for your lawn and garden? Well, I know you have wild stuff there. You don't do a I lot of mowing. I have wild stuff. I don't do any mowing, um, but, uh, but my house looks very patriotic now. I have... I have a red house with white trim, and my Siberian squill um, or, or is blue all over the yard. It's a tiny little bulb that comes up every year, and I just have a carpet of blue. So I'm very patriotic this time of year. Guess, so it's looking very good. But other people might be wanting to do things, and they can put down their crabgrass pre-emergence now. They can be raking carefully and cleaning up and cutting back perennials. And on our website, we have, uh, on the university website, we have a great dividing perennial. So if you're not sure, when do I divide hostas? When do I divide, you know, uh, liatris? It will tell you when to divide that. So we've got a, we've got that all ready for under the growing guides. And, you know, it's time to get planting those cool season crops too, like your peas and, and kale and things like that. So there's a lot gardeners can be doing if they're not as lazy as me. <laughs> All right, very good. In fact, uh, with those couple of comments, you've already answered a couple of the text messages. But I we'll, thought we'll... <laughs> I might because they're very, very uh, Yeah, somebody wanted to know if it's okay to rake finally, and you said, it, uh, it yeah. Yep. You yep. As that, long yeah. as you haven't like, had a really heavy rain in your area, if the ground's really wet, you don't want to be raking on it or moving or digging in it. You always remember that. That's any time of the year. If your ground is super wet, don't be out there putting vegetables in or something like that. Wait till the soil dries out a little bit. Okay. This texture says, uh, hello, I plant a lot of cannabulbs, but usually start them in pots. Is it too early to plant directly in the ground? I live close to the Minnesota-Iowa border. 
You know, I think it is too early to plant them in the ground. They like it pretty warm, and I don't think your soil temperature is above 50, 55. So I, I wouldn't plant them in the ground yet. But you could plant them in pots and get them started at least. If, and then I know you have to transplant them, so it's double work. But then they'll be up and growing for you. All right. Keith sends this in. I planted three dwarf Alberta spruce last spring. Uh, over the winter, the top five to six inches turned brown. Any suggestions? Alberta spruce are such a sweet little plant, but they brown so easily. Their needles are so tiny, and they get winter burn really super easily. So um, you can take those needles off, kind of brush them off, and it it may re-sprout again up there, but it may just be dead, so you'll have to trim that off. You can just wait on that, you know, just brush off the brown stuff. Um, and next year, make sure to water really well into the fall. And if they're in an exposed area, like a northwest or a southwest exposure where they're going to get a lot of hot winter sun, it's just strong winter sun and a lot of those west and northwest drying winds you may want to um, build a little uh, burlap fence in front of it just to block some of the sun and block some of the wind Um, that would be my best bet I mean you could wrap them gently but if you just do the little the little fences with two or three sticks and a piece of burlap strung between that will help but they are very picky in the winter, they're they're hard to get through some of our winters because our winters are still drying. All right. Uh, before we grab a call, uh, is uh, oh boy, the texts are coming in like crazy, like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. It says uh, beetles. Uh, no, no, no Japanese beetles yet. Uh, is it okay to prune off dead hydrangea blooms now? Yes. Okay. How soon can I plant gladioli uh, gladioli bulbs? <laughs> gladioli. I would wait again until the soil is warmer, 55 or 60, um, and and that's what I would do. I would wait for that because the soil is just too cold for some of those spring, those um, summer flowering bulbs. Okay. Let's go to the phones. Colleen's calling in from Minneapolis this morning. Colleen, you're on with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning. Hi, Teresa. Good morning. Yeah, I was out yesterday in um, my raised garden bed area. And I noticed um, two interesting things happen to one of my beds. Um, the first is there's a new hole on the side. So I'm thinking maybe a woodpecker drilled through a knot because it's a cedar bed. And then I noticed um, it looks like an animal dug a hole in the dirt and they left the remnants of, it looked like bread or a sandwich. Probably so a squirrel. Okay. So yeah. I was wondering... How can I fix, should I fix that hole on the side and um, how can I prevent this from happening again? I, I don't know if a woodpecker would get down on the ground like that. It could it could have just popped out on, you know, wood. So if you just want to plug the hole up so that the soil doesn't wash out, that would be fine. Uh, you could do that. And uh, with, the, with the squirrels digging in the soil, there's not much you can do because squirrels get everywhere and they dig in that nice fresh soil. But I would take the bread out of there and throw it in the garbage or whatever so that they don't get used to burying it that way. That's good luck. All right. This uh, listener wants to know, how do I get rid of wild raspberries, very invasive and moving into our yard? Um, you know, you, you can do some digging that's 
the hand removal is always an option, and there are broadleaf weed killers that you can use once the once the leaves have come out. And there's something for the broadleaf weed killer to actually adhere to. Uh, so those are your options. You can cut them all down and just broadleaf weed killer to actually adhere to. Uh, so those are your options. You can cut them all down and just keep cutting and cutting and cutting. And eventually you can starve the roots, but every time they get the green leaves growing, they're photosynthesizing and bringing more energy down to the roots. You've got to be really proactive about that. So those are kind of your options. Hand digging, uh, just keeping cutting them down constantly, or to use a pre, um, not a pre-emergent, or to use a, a broadleaf weed killer uh, when it's warm enough outside and it's not windy and you read and understand and follow the instructions. Teresa, this listener obviously has uh, been listening to the forecast, and it says this, I have some lettuce that is starting to sprout up in my garden. It's supposed to be below freezing next week, and we will have a few nights here in the Twin Cities below freezing. Uh, Should I cover it up like I do tomatoes in the fall? You could. Um, it may get a little titched by the by the frost. Usually the cool season crops can take some cold weather. A light frost would be okay, but it's they're still pretty young. Uh, the ground, you know, give them a good drink of water that day uh, so they're very hydrated. And, uh, and then possibly just toss a little sheet over them that, those nights. That would be on the safe side rather than, because the ground's going to hold some warmth. If you have a really sunny day, the ground's going to be kind of warm, and it may keep them warm enough above the frost. But if you don't want a chance, I would cover them. Okay. Uh, This listener wants to know, when can I start putting cream down? Now. If it's a pre-emergent, because we want to put down our crabgrass pre-emergent, so you could use your cream also. Remember when you use something like cream, which is a pre-emergent for your garden, it's going to stop your coneflower seeds from plant from starting. Or any of those self-seeded uh, plants that you wanted to self-seed your perennials, it will stop those from sprouting also or growing also. So you have to think of that. Okay. Let us take a quick break, Teresa, reminding our listeners, if you have a lawn and garden question, call it in or text it in. The same number applies, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Back with more Smart Garden here on this Saturday morning on News Talk eight three zero. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We're here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, answering your lawn and garden questions. This morning, helping you out is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier, Teresa, when we first got on the air about that uh, university website. We always like to mention that a couple of times uh, during the show. It's a great, great resource, and that is extension.umn.edu. Find all sorts of uh, great information. It's amazing. They have a they have a newsletter and uh, the Yard and Garden News, and there's a crabgrass. There's lots of stories in there, and the one on crabgrass. If you read through it, it actually has a link for a growing degree day tracker. So you can put in, you can click on that link and put in your zip code, and it'll tell you this is when you should be putting down crabgrass. This pre-emergent. This is when you should be working on Japanese beetles. This is when you should be working on broadleaf weeds. It it just is an amazing site, so you don't even really have to think that much about it. 
Yeah, that's right. Extension.umn.edu. We'll mention that again. A uh, texter wants to know, can I plant sweet peas yet? Uh, sweet peas, the flowers. <sighs> I, I would probably wait a week or two just till the ground warms up a little bit more. Yep. Okay. Uh, this uh, listener says we have a, a 10 or 15-year-old maple with visible light spots up on the main trunk and some limbs, reminds me, Texter says, of a birch at a glance. Should I worry about uh, this uh, this issue? I'm not quite sure what the white spots could be. Uh, I, I, you, you, what you can do is you can take some good photos and you can send them to Ask the Master Gardener on the extension website or call in a certified tree arborist and have them look at it. Because if you have, if it's looking weird and, and it's 10 years old, so you've already invested 10 years of your time and effort into it, uh, you do want to take care of it. So those, those are what I would do. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Teresa, we over the last week or so, we're getting uh, uh, quite a few questions about uh, soil samples. And uh, the listeners want to know, what's the process? How do we do that? What's, what's the deal with getting a soil sample tested? Okay. So um, go to the Yard and Garden News and it, or go to the Yard and Garden site and it will tell and click in soil samples and it will tell you how to do it. So what you do is if you're doing a garden or your front yard or your backyard, those would be three separate kinds of soil, three separate soil samples. But you take some soil from various areas, mix it all in a bucket, and then about a cup of that you put in a bag, a plastic bag, and then you send it to the university. And then they'll test it and they'll send back a report to you because you have to fill out a sheet. Um, are you growing a lawn? Are you growing flowers? Are you growing vegetables? And then they'll tell you the soil is what kind of soil it is, how much organic matter it is, what the pH is, and then they'll give you recommendations. If you're growing along, perhaps you want to add some some of these chemi- some of these fertilizers. If you're growing vegetables, you need to do this. And and if anything comes back and it doesn't make sense, you can always ask the gardener, a master gardener, or go to your local garden center and ask them, can you help me interpret this soil sample? Because sometimes it can be a they can be a little weird sometimes, but once you figure out what they're saying, they're very simple, the results are. but And right. I believe it's $17. Not a bad deal at all. Not a bad deal because, you know, it's easier to pay $17 and get it all done right up front than to have to say, oh, I can't grow blueberries because that soil is a pH of 7.5. And that's when my blueberries have died. And I put in, you know, 12 blueberry bushes at $25 each. And I've worked all year on it and nothing happened. So it's easier just up front to get it taken care of. And if something's Great. weird in your yard, uh, there's a plant that's just not doing well. There's a garden area that's just not doing well and you can't pinpoint why. The soil test may help decide that for you. Very good. 651-989-9226. This listener wants to know, when can I move a small lilac bush? Uh, well, it, last fall would have been really great. So <laughs> what you don't want to move it because it's going to start blooming soon. So unless you can move it without disturbing any roots, I would wait until the fall and then move it in the fall. Uh, late summer, early fall would be perfect for that. Uh, moving plants, dividing plants, you want to think if they're blooming, I want to do it the furthest season away from that bloom time that I can. So spring and blooming things you divide in the late summer, early fall fall-blooming things you move and divide in the spring. Another uh, another uh, cool night question. 
this texter says, we have apple trees, and our forecast lows for Monday and Tuesday are 27 degrees. Is this an issue? <sighs> Probably not. Um, the, and especially if there's any kind of wind at all, if there's light breeze, that'll, that friction just warms up the, the, uh, the buds and the, uh, the flowers enough. So if they're, if they're flowering now, that would be the problem. You just, you don't want those flowers to get hit by a hard frost. Uh, you know, you, you could do some stuff like putting, putting the, the smokers out there and things like that, but, uh, it's a lot of work and I guess I would just chance it. Okay. Because they're trees and they're hard to protect. Right. Yeah. Uh, another temperature concern here. Do I need to cover hostas in my bleeding heart? Nope. They're fine. Uh, you sometimes, sometimes when we get a, a frost or something, in fact, some of the leaves maybe get a little crinkly or twisted. Um, but what the plant grows out of it, the plants are coming up when they're going to. I saw my little hostas were coming up. They're just so tiny right now that... The frost is not going to hurt them. Uh, your bleeding hearts are a cool season plant. They're used to that. Unless it's going to be a hard frost, like, you know, 25, 23, 20 degrees, I don't worry about these things. Now, we're looking at, uh, at least in the Twin Cities, probably 27 at the coldest, 29 yeah. probably for the uh, usual overnight lows for a couple of nights. All mm-hmm. right. Speaking of weather, we're going to have a look at that forecast for this coming week, coming up in just moments. So stay with us. We have another half hour of the show to go on our Smart Garden Show, 651-989-9226. For your questions for Master Gardener, Teresa Rooney. Stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions. This morning, answering those questions, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, 651-989-9226. We'll get you a text question or a phone call if you prefer. And just tons of text messages, uh, Teresa. So let's uh, let's see how many we can field today. Okay. Um, and this one, well, bear with me here. It runs a few sentences. Uh, it says, I've tried several seasons to seed unsuccessfully low sunlight or heavy shade area at my lake place. Is there a sod roll that is made for low lighted conditions? And how should I pre-treat the existing soil? Should I put a particular fertilizer down and then a covering of soil so the roots don't burn on the underside when I lay that down? Also, this is on a fairly steep 20% grade hill. That's the question, or I should say questions. Well, that's a tough situation. Um, there are a very few sod, uh, sod rolls that are sold for shady areas. There are some out there. I don't know how you find them, but there are a few. But otherwise, most sod is going to be for full sun. Uh, what you can do is... Uh, add some compost to the soil, uh, rake it in just a little bit so it's kind of mixed with the soil, and then you can uh, try your uh, uh, your seeds again. Make sure you're going for a very shady mix. It's going to be mostly fescue. You may want to look at some of the um, lomo, nomo area, nomo uh, crops that uh, the uh, fescues. Then you don't even have to be mowing it out there. Uh, but that's a tough area to grow grass in. Um, you may want to consider not grass and maybe put in some some shrubs 
some some perennials that could hold the soil for you on that bank so that you don't get anything washing into the lake. Uh, if you decide you want to go that way, then there is a book online for free called Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. And it was designed by the university for Mary Myers. Dr. Mary Myers was the coordinator of it for Master Gardeners. And there are some um, some information on tough on, on slopes, and that might help you there. So you you may I mean if you keep trying and it's not working, then it may be time to try something else and put in some shrubs, just something to hold that soil. They can be low growing shrubs, so you can still see your lake if your if your cabin is up high enough or your house is up high enough where you have to look over them. Okay. This one, uh, it opens with all caps, slugs, thousands, (laughs) thousands of them last year. Anything systemic or preventative can I put down now? Any other ideas? I've tried beer pans, wet newspaper on wood planks, dish soap spray, hand picking at night, hundreds of hostas in my yard growing in mulch. Okay. So, so what you can do is there are uh, there are products out there that are of iron phosphate, and uh, they may be Sluggo or something like that, or Escargot. They have different brand names, but basically they're iron phosphate, and the slugs don't like those. You and you can put that down. It's just little pellets or little powder. Um, you can put that down around the hostas, uh, and and maybe you want to pull back the mulch. I'm not sure what kind of mulch you have. Pull the mulch back a little bit away from the hostas that might help um, put down some boards overnight and then just pick those boards up and the minute you start seeing slugs scrape those slugs off and do that every morning that's a little easier than picking because the slugs will hide under the boards um, but you want to get a jump on it because they lay eggs and you can get a lot of slugs as you call mm. them yeah. wow <laughs> yeah all right, here's one, Teresa. It says, good morning. We have an area of our backyard that is often wet, especially after snow, snow melt in the spring or heavy rain. Last summer, we had to remove our huge willow tree, which served as a great natural screen. Uh, what are the, some water-tolerant shrubs or bushes we could uh, plant? Uh, there are some that can handle a little more a little more moisture, things like dogwoods, and again, a willow would work there. Uh, so things like that could work for you in that area. You could also maybe think about building up the area a little bit, adding a little bit of topsoil and compost just to raise that grade a little bit, make sure that the grade, though, does slope away from the house. You're not funneling any water back to the house because whenever you change the grade, it changes how the water moves, and you definitely don't want that to go to your house. So um, you you could try things like that. Uh, I believe the best plants for 30 tough sites also has some information about um, plants that or uh, plants that could handle high uh, high moisture. And go to the extension.umn.edu, and they'll have some good information for you on that too. Very good. Yeah, extension.umn.edu. We'll mention that again. Uh, when do you use a couple of lawn questions, actually? Uh, what about crabgrass preventer, and when's the latest time to uh, use crabgrass preventer? So when do you put uh, it down, and what's the well, last time? Well, the, the, you can put it down right now. And the last time you'd want to use it is probably the end of July. And the reason you're doing it then, it's for the crabgrass that's going to sprout in August. So so it usually lasts six to eight weeks. 
Uh, so it does have that prevention for like six to eight weeks, depending upon the soil and how much rain and everything else we get. But then if you do have a, a crop that always seems to come up in August, uh, you can you can put down the crabgrass in late July, the preventer. Um, you have to remember every time you put down the pre-emergent, if you're trying to overseed, it's going to count. It's going to stop those seeds from sprouting too. So that's just a little caveat there. I want you to remember that. Okay. Can you address Siberian squill? Do you know if that's an invasive plant? It it is. Um, it's it's so. I live in the city, and so like there's nowhere it can go. It's in a concrete bunker, uh, living in my yard. Uh, but if you live out in near a wildlife area or by a any kind of bogs or ponds or any wildlife wetlands, you do not want to plant it because it does spread very easily. But okay. in the city, it's in my little square concrete area, so it can't go anywhere. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. John is calling in this morning, I believe, from Golden Valley. John, you're on with Teresa Rooney. Good morning. Hi, Thank you so much for having your program. Um, we had a little challenge with uh, some kind of animals or something. They, they tore up our strawberry bed, and I don't know what it was. It, we don't have elephants here, so it must have been something else. <laughs> um, it could have been possums, raccoons. Okay, but anyway, just as bad as elephants, yes. I was wondering if if I could. I wanted to take all the plants up and and clean it and straighten it out. Can I do that now, or is that the wrong time? There's do no blossoms now. on them yet. Um, yep, do it now, because we would be planting them now. We would be putting new ones in. So go ahead, dig them up and move them around, put them down, and then just maybe put some protection around, uh, maybe a, a, a repellent that uses fragrance or uses smell to kind of discourage those urban elephants from coming in. <laughs> All right. Um Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Another uh, cold weather concern. Should I cover peonies that have started to come up? You know, I'm, I'm, you can cover anything that you're really worried about. I don't want to say don't cover them. If you're really worried about it, please do go ahead and cover them. I don't want you to say, "Oh, Teresa told me not to," and now they're all brown and crispy on the top. Then that's all her fault. Uh, but so you can cover them. Uh, again, you may just see a little damage to the leaves, but the flower buds haven't been out yet, so you won't have any damage like that. It could just be a cosmetic issue. It will not kill the plant. Um, so it, you can cover them. You don't have to. Uh, I tend to let plants grow when they're going to grow, and if something happens this year to the leaves and they look a little weird, well, that's just different things in my garden this year, and next year it will probably be different. But, um, Yeah. So that's a big yes and no yes yes and no answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> it depends. It depends. <laughs> in doubt. It depends. It depends. Yeah. Master Gardener fallback. It depends. Yeah. This is uh, this texture is growling. Grr. Uh, my ma- my magnolia is just starting to bloom. Could I put a sheet over to save the flowers from the upcoming freeze? You know, you could. You don't have to. Uh, when when it's a little bit higher. So it's not going to be as cold. Uh, There'll be a little wind blowing around. And magnolias are used to coming out when it's a little chillier. If you're going to have a hard freeze of 2022, maybe that will damage the blossoms. So if you want to throw a sheet over it, you can. Um, But again, it depends. Okay. Good morning, Teresa. I don't mean to be 
no, you're not being flippant. nonchalant no. about it or, or no. like I don't care. It's just it depends what's important to you and how much effort you want to put into it. All right, bear bear with me on this one. This is a long one. Uh, good morning. It says I very much want to plant California poppy seeds along a chain link fence, and where there is a sun, all, where there's sun all day. The problem is that there's a strip of grass in that spot, and I don't know how to get rid of that grass and still plant the seeds. Is there a grass killer that I should use and then put dirt over the dead grass and then spread the seeds? Will the seeds not grow because of the grass killer? I've also read that laying plastic over the grass for a period of time will kill the grass. What do you recommend? And also, what is the right soil to lay down over the dead grass? I think we're almost running out of time. Oh, my but, goodness. Uh, okay. No, I'm just joking. No, no. Um, so, so it's kind of tricky. Um, you can't just do a seed, a seed, uh, a seed, a sod cutter. Just take the grass strip out if you want to. Yeah. And then you could add some compost and add a little topsoil. It would just be topsoil that you want to add. Otherwise, there are grass killers, and you can look on the label. It will tell you um, when you should use them, how you should use them, and how soon after that you can plant. Seeds or plants, because there's going to be a there could be a difference between planting seeds and planting plants. Um, with California poppies, uh, I would try to get them in the ground as quickly as you can, or maybe plant them next fall after you've taken care of this this area and maybe you've smothered it this year uh, with plant, or maybe plant them next fall after you've taken care of this this area and maybe you've smothered it this year. Uh, with a lot of mulch or, or just put a lot of topsoil on it, cut it back and, and killed the grass and then put a little topsoil on it and then plant them in the fall um, because they can, they, they may need a little bit of time to get growing. Uh, those would be my suggestions, and I would also check the Yard and Garden line or the Yard okay. and Garden news. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I know we have to break, but I want to get Ken and Blaine's question answered. We're going back to the phones. Ken, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Teresa? Hi, Ken. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have Siberian iris, and, uh, of course, they tend to spread a lot, and then they, they become compacted. And uh, last last summer, uh, they didn't. I didn't get many blooms like I did in the past. Uh, can you comment on what I should be doing about these uh, yep, they Siberian probably, iris patches? Yep, they probably need to be divided. And I would go to the extension website and look at when you should be dividing your Siberian iris and then divide them. Lots of the plants, when they get too thick, they stop blooming. So you'll find that happens to a lot of your plants. Okay. Good luck. All right, very good. We need to take a quick break, uh, Teresa, but we'll be back with uh, more show. 651-989-9226, the phone number and the text number, here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions. Uh, This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping you out today. Teresa, in our remaining minutes, let's see how many folks we can help out. Oh, here's uh, here's one that came in. uh, This text says, I want to take the grandchildren to the Arboretum. When do the tulips bloom? Hmm, that's a good question. Usually it's more first and second week in May. Um, however, right now, like species tulips would be blooming. They're blooming in my yard. Uh, so you could always call the Arboretum and double check with them because they plant different varieties and they would tell you when it's the best time to come out. 
It's a great place to bring family and friends oh, for sure. Or place. yourself. Remember, you do have to have an appointment to get in. You yes. have to call. Yep. Remember, you have to call. That's right. It's right. Uh, go west on Highway 5 to 41, and you'll see the sign, the big uh, yep. corner it's, sign it's, there. It's just amazing. It's yeah, it's it's and there's all kinds of gardens out there. If you've never been, you really should go. There's home demonstration gardens uh, for vegetables. There's Japanese garden. There's a Chinese garden. There's a maze. There's uh, prairies, and sometimes they burn part of the prairie because that's a natural re- renewal of the prairie. So it's just, and then there's all the perennial gardens and the annual beds, and is and it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's a great place. Yep. Uh, here's a text. It says, one of my pear trees has pear scab. If I use neem oil, will that make it better, or what should I use? Hmm. I don't want to tell you anything I don't know, so I'm not 100% sure on that. I would uh, go to the university website, extension.umn.edu, or go to your local garden center and ask them what they would suggest. There are some uh, some chemicals that you could use, and, and they would be able to tell you, too, and make sure that you understand um, all the directions on the, on the product. Okay. Good morning. This one says, Teresa will love this. I have lots of beautiful moss around my yard and, and to you. love. <laughs> I, I want to be, a Texas says, I want to be able to move them to other spots to be all together in one area. How do I do that? Um, just very carefully lift them up and then just place them in the areas you want. Make sure it stays nice and damp for them. Don't add any compost or anything because mosses like a leaner soil, uh, a soil that's not really productive with high organic matter. So, And then just keep them damp and and make sure you have good seed to, uh, I'm sorry, moss to soil contact. And you may want to put something over them, um, like some chicken wire or something, because I've noticed that anytime you move something, squirrels like to dig it up. So if you have that issue, if you have rampant evil squirrels, you may want to do that. This texter wants to know, is it too late to cut gold mound spirea all the way back to just above ground level? No, go ahead and do it now. You'll just delay the flowering and delay um, how big it gets, but you can still do it. It's fine. Here's something I've been thinking about lately, too, and this texter must have read my mind. When is it safe to go to a home and garden store and buy cherry tomato plants for the garden outside? It's safe right now to go there. However, you would not want to plant the cherry tomato plants outside. You want to wait until the ground is you know, 60, 70 degrees. So we're talking uh, here in the cities, maybe the third, fourth week of May. Uh, Further up north, you're talking the end of or middle of or first week of June. So it depends on how long you want to keep those plants and take care of them in the house. Very good. Uh, Here's another one. It says, uh, want to put down corn gluten on our yard. Do we need to do any prep work on the yard before laying it down? What I would do is I would make sure you rake, and um, and then if the grass is kind of tall, maybe cut the grass back a little bit um, because you want the corn gluten to get down to the soil. And that's like a pre-emergent. It's, it's like your crabgrass preventer. So, so that's, that's what I would do so you can get that, that good contact down into the soil so it can actually hit the seeds that you want to stop growing. This listener says, what's the name of the blue plants in Teresa's lawn? Oh, it's... Siberians will. Oh, yes. Q-U-I-L-L. And again, it is pretty aggressive, um, but it's just, you know, it's just like two inches, three inches high, so it's not like it's going to take over anything. But you don't want to plant it if you live near a nature center or a wildlife area. 
or a protected habitat. This might be a good uh, place uh, to, with this text to uh, refer to the uh, website. Uh, what are some interesting plants, bushes, and perennial flowers for shady areas, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. I would go to the website, um, and, and they will have some ideas there. Also, the the book, the free book that you can get online, The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites, has some for dry shade and regular shade. Um, so there are some pages on, on shade plants, too, because shade... I find shade gardening the most fun gardening of all, but that's just me. Uh, so there's a lot of beautiful plants that you can put in the shade. We've got about a minute to go, Teresa. How about one more quick one? Uh, sure. We plant we plant a huge area with zinnias, and the pollinators love it, but so does chickweed. How can we prevent chickweed? Hmm. Um, you, I would since you're planting zinnias at the same time, unless you can get the chickweed out of there now, I would just hand pull everything. But I would try to get as much of the chickweed out as you can before you plant the zinnias. They're both broadleaf plants, so it's going to have to be a hand management thing. All right. And uh, let's one more time give the website for the university's uh, website because it's a great, great resource. It's a wonderful resource. It's extension.umn.edu. And then you go to the yard and garden line area, and it's amazing the things that are there. It really is. Extension.umn.edu. Thanks, Teresa. Let's do this again. Thanks, Danny. We will. Have a good week, everybody. You too. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out today. Get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be helping you out next hour here on CCO. Right now we have in the Twin Cities 40. We'll see sunshine today. Highs near 58. We'll have increasing clouds tomorrow, highs near 63, then a couple of cool nights. Right now, partly cloudy skies. Here on CCO, the temperature reading still at 40 degrees. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.